0: MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, but they've just announced that they are extending their 60-day money-back guarantee. That's right. Orders placed between now and December 25th will have their 60-day money-back guarantee extended through March 1st, 2023. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square or use the promo code HEIDI to receive the My Pillow Percale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. Well, welcome to today's podcast. This is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is the Off the Bench podcast. Today, I'm going to answer some questions from listeners and spend a little bit of time reflecting on why it's so important that we don't forget about Thanksgiving. Stick around, I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys are taking some time out of your busy days to spend a little bit of time with me. I got a letter the other day from a mom who said that the only time that she ever gets to hear my podcast is when she's in the shower. And so she thanked me for being her constant companion and making sure she gets her shower every day. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Listen, whatever it takes, okay? I'm really just thrilled that you guys are listening to the show uh, and uh, we're watching it just climb in the ratings, which is a lot of fun. I think people are looking for truth in the culture right now. And we need to have a dose of truth, a dose of encouragement. Um, and we need to look to what God's gonna do in the days and months ahead. And I think that God is at work. I'm not discouraged. People keep asking me if I'm discouraged. I'm not discouraged. I'm gonna answer a couple of questions uh, with regard to that today from listeners. But we're coming into a season on the calendar right now. Not necessarily politically, but we're coming into a season, certainly on the calendar right now, that lends itself to reflection and to why why it's so important that we uh, remember that we have a lot to be thankful for. And Thanksgiving is wonderful. It's all of the wonderful, warm, fuzzy feelings of the holidays without the stress of gift giving, which I think is a win. We get a chance to remember Thanksgivings from long ago, otherwise known as, wait for it, children actually talking with grown-ups. It's all the wonderful food, all the cousins, all the family, uh, neighbors coming into our homes. It's game night. It's reading books together, and it's baked uh, pies and slow-cooked apple cider. It's, at least in our house, the Christmas music is already playing, and I know to some of you that's sacrilege, but in my house... My husband actually starts before even I do, but we have had such a stressful year, like a lot of you have had, that we've been playing Christmas music for weeks. And it's not unusual to come into my house in the middle of the day and see a fire roaring in the fireplace and smell, you know, the faint smoke in the air and hear Christmas music. There's something peaceful about it. I think I told you guys I'm writing a study for December and it's called uh, Peace Be Still. And I'm going to be taking you guys on just a little bit of a journey on what it means to have the peace of God, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that's not dependent on your circumstances. True peace is a gift of the Spirit. It has nothing to do with how well off you are financially. It has nothing to do with whether or not uh, everything is going well politically or even in your marriage. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the unmistakable sign of the presence of God in your life. And we're going to spend several weeks in the month of December studying what it means to have access to that kind of peace, because though the world might be in crisis, you don't need to be. If you know the Lord Jesus, God has peace for you and it's accessible. And so I just want to encourage you to to study it with me for the month of December. If you're not already a member at MomStrong International, it's a great investment and it's something you guys can give as a Christmas gift. So I want to encourage you to do that. Also, you can give a, a MomStrong International membership away to somebody else and study the Bible with them. And so I just want to encourage you today to think about, you know, what are your um, traditions that you're looking forward to. Talk to your kids if you haven't done it already. You know, hey kids, what are your favorite memories of, of uh, Thanksgiving? What would you guys like to do this year? I wrote several years ago, I think way the heck back in 2014, on my blog. That I went to the mall on November fourteenth, and it made me sad because you know, in the middle of December, I expect it, but the middle of November to see like the Santa chair up and the ornaments are hanging from the mall ceiling, they just completely forget about Thanksgiving, right? No decorations for Thanksgiving, no pictures of pilgrims um, and uh, and Indians. You know, I miss Thanksgiving with the Walton family, just, but forget about it, right? It's time to buy more stuff. Everybody's talking about Christmas, the sales, the glitz, the sparkle. Well, we're in the middle of a recession now. And so I'm definitely seeing that slowing. Certainly the questions that are coming into me at the podcast are reflecting a economy that really is in a free fall. And it's, I like I told you guys before, I actually think there's gonna be so much more good that's gonna come out of this because we're gonna get to focus on what really matters. And I don't know about you, but I want my kids to know the story Behind Thanksgiving. I want them to know about Squanto and the Mayflower. I, I want them to realize what the pilgrims came here for. They came for freedom. I want my kids to know that Thanksgiving would have disappeared altogether if Sarah Hale hadn't petitioned no less than five U.S. presidents to make it a national holiday. If you guys haven't read this book or picked it up for your kids or got it uh, you know, off of eBay or something, it's a great one to keep in your personal library. It's called Thank You, Sarah. The Woman Who Saved Thanksgiving. It was written by Laurie Halsey Anderson. And in it, we see just a glimpse of Sarah Hale's spirit. She wrote persistently to officials in many different levels of government promoting the observance of Thanksgiving as a unifying national holiday. And she wouldn't take no for an answer. She kept writing for four decades and five presidencies. And Sarah believed that observing Thanksgiving was a way that we as a nation could be unified. And boy, you guys, we need that now more than ever. But our universities are hell-bent, unfortunately, on even turning Thanksgiving into something that doesn't unite us, it divides us. And I just wanna go back to October of 1863 because President Lincoln, perhaps in response to an editorial that Sarah Hale had published in a magazine that she edited, read a Thanksgiving proclamation to, quote, fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I'm gonna link back to Sarah's amazing letter, but I think we're gonna miss it if we miss this special time. But then, you know, we're missing a lot of things in the United States right now. But forgetting Thanksgiving or even sidelining it, you guys, would be a big mistake. We've got to get this right. I want my children to look forward to gathering around the table Thanksgiving. I want them to remember seeing their grandparents and their parents, their aunts and uncles, neighbors bowing our heads in reverence and gratitude to God. Because thankfulness, like peace, should never be dependent on our circumstances. We need our kids to learn that being thankful for what we have is better than getting things. And when the Lord takes me home, I hope my grandkids remember that their Mamsie loved to cook a turkey just right for whoever would come and enjoy it. I hope they still watch Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. I hope they're gonna tell the story of Thanksgiving to their children. Because to me, Thanksgiving is sacred. There was something almost magical about driving through town to my grandmother's house as a child and noticing that every single store was closed to honor the special day. We took a break. We played games, we ate food, we listened to the stories of our grandparents and we learned to give thanks. And so, I just want to encourage you not to miss out. Now's the time you guys be planning your Thanksgiving celebration. If you don't have, you know, family coming over this year, consider inviting someone that you need to get to know. And just remember to stop shopping for a day and give thanks to God for all that we have. Yes, it's just one day, but it's no ordinary day. Take the time this year to slow down, to look up, to look around and be thankful for what God has given you. I'm going to link back to my favorite thanksgiving books i have as you guys can imagine with seven kids and you know 30 some odd years of parenting underneath my my belt uh, i love to add thanksgiving books to our library i started this tradition many many years ago now we have quite a collection and i've already got them out in different places in my home so when my grandkids come over one of the first things they're going to see right now is thanksgiving books all over my house and so some of my favorite uh favorite ones are. There's one called If You Were at the First Thanksgiving by uh, Anne Kama. That's a fantastic book. Uh, The Pumpkin Patch Parable is an oldie but a goodie. I love that one. If you've never read uh, Mousekin's Thanksgiving, it's out of print so you can get at the library. Sometimes you can get, I did see a copy of Mousekin's Thanksgiving uh, on eBay so you guys can maybe check that out. Cranberry Thanksgiving is wonderful. It's about um, a grandmother who every year invites a guest for Thanksgiving and she asked somebody poor or somebody lonely Thanksgiving was the her the grandma's favorite day of the year so the cooking was done and her famous cranberry bread was cooling on a wooden board but she wasn't happy to find out that the unsavory Mr. Whiskers had been invited to dinner so the question is will her cranberry bread recipe be safe with him in the house after a long absence This delightful 1971 classic is back in print, you guys. And so is grandma's secret recipe that's called Cranberry Thanksgiving. Squanto's Journey is another really great uh, book to read to your kids. There's just so many. And then of course, uh, thank you, Sarah, the woman who uh, who saved Thanksgiving. That's the one I was talking about when I opened up the show today. You guys, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the season with your kids. It's worth it. I'm gonna take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm gonna answer a couple of listener questions. All right, Uh, first of all, I wanna say thanks to everybody who is writing in to me here at the Heidi St. John podcast. If you want to have a question submitted or a comment that you'd like me to see, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday and leave your question or your comment there. This one came in uh, last week and it says, Heidi, during the pandemic, my eyes were opened and I went into mama bear mode, protecting my daughters from all the lies and fear tactics from my own family, siblings, parents, et cetera. We chose not to attend family get-togethers where masks were required or propaganda was being spewed, being uninvited to family events because of our mask or vaccine choices, hearing about how selfish we were, et cetera. At one point, a family member put masks on the nativity scene and told my daughters it's because they did what they were told, and we haven't been back since. Now I'm struggling to come out of mama bear mode and wonder if I even should. Do you have any advice? I still feel a lot of resentment and anger but aren't we supposed to forgive? I don't feel good at all about writing off most of my family, my father, my sisters, et cetera, but I also can't forget what happened. I wanna teach my daughter to forgive, but not forget, and give people room to grow and learn, but I'm struggling to put it into practice. And so, first of all, you know, you're not alone in all of this, uh, Michelle. <laughs> you are definitely not alone. This is, this is happening. I think that the, the holidays are particularly painful for a lot of people who got you know, shunned by their families and, and that kind of thing. But the Bible actually has a lot to say about forgiveness. So the, the question is not, you know, should we forgive, obviously? And I think, Michelle, I think you know that. The question is, how do we forgive? We know that the Lord is compassionate, right? Psalm 103, verses eight to 12, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. It's important to note that forgiveness operates in the realm of sin. And the majority of passages in the Bible that contain the word forgive or forgiveness, sin is mentioned. And this is what has been happening with you, right? I mean, we, we're in a position to forgive because we've been sinned against, and I, you know, I was on my my show last week saying I don't think we should be given you know this pandemic amnesty. What a bunch of what a bunch of garbage! But we also do not want to. We don't want to forget. We have to be able to walk in forgiveness, but we also need discernment. And I want my kids to be discerning. No matter what happens, I want them to be able to to use wisdom. So in other words, if this happens again, and I think it, it very well could happen again, we need to take the lessons that we learned from this last two and a half years with us and never forget them. But we also need to walk in compassion and forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says that we are to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgive each other just as Christ has forgiven us. Matthew 6.14, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you, right? Wow. That's a, that's a kicker right there. How often are we supposed to forgive? You guys know the answer to this Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? And Jesus famously answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. We know that God is forgiving. We know that he is gracious and we are to walk in his example. And I think it's almost more important to know what the Bible says about unforgiveness, right? When we walk in unforgiveness, we are actually in sin. So the question is not, should we forgive? And I know Michelle, you're not asking that question, but I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of processing this thing out loud because there are a lot of people struggling with this right now. I mean, the people that were, I just, I marvel, right? Because I, I traveled during the Rona and people were yelling at other people. I mean, it was, it was terrible. Uh, my husband was screamed at inside of a store in Colorado because he didn't have a mask on. Uh, our daughters were threatened. I mean, it, this was a, a terrifying and very sad window into the human heart, especially when fear is involved. And I think fear was the primary motivator for all of this stuff. But God said that He requires forgiveness of us. Uh, he, for, he requires forgiveness. So it's not a question of whether or not we must forgive. The question is, how can we forgive and move forward? Because I think that's what you're asking. So you you're gonna have to you're going to have to navigate this very carefully. Nobody can tell you exactly what you need to do. I would be you know, if you're going to go to dinner and they're going to talk about all the things that you hate again, and it's going to be divisive and awful, I would probably not engage. I probably wouldn't go, as a matter of fact. But if the family is trying to heal, if you can see that there's an effort that's being made to bring you guys together and not to continue the divisiveness, then it's probably really important that you make every effort to engage with those family members. and. I would just encourage you. I mean, that's what I would be doing. I'd I would be trying to do it as much as if there's if there's an unresolved issue, you know, you have to decide: can I let this go, or do I need to talk to the offending party about it? But holding a grudge is not a biblical option. And so, you need to be asking yourself: can I can I walk in right relationship where this person is concerned, and can I demonstrate forgiveness for my kids and parents? You have an opportunity to do that right now. You have an opportunity to demonstrate that because forgiveness strengthens families it strengthens friendships Proverbs 17:9 says that love prospers when a fault is forgiven but dwelling on it separates close friends This might be the verse that we all need to remember this Thanksgiving And for those of us who have genuinely been uh, hurt by this hurt whether it was a lost job or just the memories of people screaming at you or whatever it is God doesn't want us to dwell on each other's mistakes and offenses and he wants us to forgive and to move on whenever whenever it's possible. And so I don't know what that looks like for this year, but I know God will tell you because this can be a hard thing to do. Right? It it can feel like, you know, hey, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do that. But God forgives our own multitudes of sins, right? We sin against him all the time. And he wants us to do the same for others who genuinely seek our forgiveness uh, and want to learn from their up. So, and if they don't, you can forgive someone. And I guess I'll just, I've got one more question I want to get to today. So I'll be quick, I guess. But you can forgive someone and not walk in relationship with them. You can forgive someone and not have this anger and frustration hanging over your head and hanging over them. So some of you are going to be in that position, right? Some of you are going to be forgiving but realizing oh hey we don't have any we have no more relationship left right so the bible has a lot to say about walking in forgiveness it has as much to say about the sin of unforgiveness but some of you may need to make the decision to forgive and not walk in relationship maybe you're in an abusive situation you just don't want that person coming back into your life all those things are perfectly acceptable Reasons for friendships to end, even for families to uh, take breaks from each other, right? And I think God understands that. Forgiving others can be really challenging, but at the end of the day, it is absolutely crucial that we extend our hand, that we we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, and that we offer forgiveness, Uh, especially, uh, you know, sometimes, I told you guys this before, I think sometimes forgiveness is accepting an apology that you're never going to get. And this was certainly something that I had to do with my dad. You know, I had to, I had to forgive him and to walk in that uh, relationship to the best of my ability, even though I didn't get the reconciliation that I so desperately wanted. And so some of you are in that position right now. Ask the Lord to help you navigate it. He absolutely will. But forgiveness is not an option. The question is, are we going to be in relationship with people? That's the question that requires discernment. Last question today, my Mailbox Monday question is, Heidi, do we move? Should we uproot our family of teenagers and elementary homeschooled children and head for redder pastures? We are in Michigan, which just turned dark blue. Oh my goodness, I know. You guys are stuck with the Gretchen Whitmer again. Good grief. Dems control the governor's office, the House, the Senate, and the Supreme Court. There's much talk about this being their opportunity to put restrictions on homeschoolers. They've tried this before but have not had much, this much control since the 80s. Do we stay and fight or do we go? As we prayerfully consider this question, we heard Matt Walsh say on November 10th that it was time to move, that the country is headed for division and people should move while they still can. We would be very much appreciative of your thoughts as you are a fellow homeschooler in a blue state. Yeah, you right. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much that they're gonna try to take your homeschool freedom away from you that will at the end of the day be a federal issue and there are organizations not the least of which is the homeschool legal defense association the alliance defending freedom i think they would you would be hard pressed to see that happen is another reason why these organizations i think are worthy of your support and uh, becoming a member of the homeschool legal defense association i think so crucial for the work that they are doing and continue to do to secure your freedom but as it when it comes to moving i think the main thing that we that i i want you guys to hear is that the lord's going to show you just like we were talking about you know you forgive someone but then the question is lord do you want us walking in relationship with those people paul and barnabas had a pretty serious disagreement the bible records that they went their separate ways the question is not should we head for red or pastors and and the question is where does god want us to go that should always be the question I mean, certainly as someone who lives in Washington state and has, I've, I'm watching and still watching this election unfold in front of me and it's completely bewildering. Uh, I'm not gonna move, my husband are not gonna move a moment before God tells us to. And I don't believe, and I and maybe I may disagree with Matt Walsh on this. I mean, those guys are over in Tennessee. I'm sorry, but if you guys been to Nashville lately, Tennessee's no better off than Michigan in a lot of ways. They've got incredible indoctrination happening in their schools. Uh, what's happening in, in Nashville, I promise you, is going to pollute the entire state of Tennessee. That's exactly what happened in Oregon and Washington, where Portland and Multnomah County determines what happens to the entire state of Oregon, and King County in the Seattle area determines exactly what happens to the people in Washington state, even in rural parts of Washington state. I, I continue to believe that the church, a lot of this, the church needs to own for our unwillingness to step into the political divide. And I believe, and I hope I'm wrong about this, but there are so many students now for decades that have come out of our schools with this leftist ideology, ideology that really is poisonous in a lot of ways. I mean, these are the people that are gonna tell you that men can get pregnant and that uh, men can chest feed and all this just insanity. It's complete insanity. It's, a, it's like a mental disease. And these guys are of age now, you guys, and they're voting. And it's very possible that we have seen the last of the conservative movement in the United States. The conservative movement absolutely needs new leadership. I don't think that you can run anywhere and get away from it. I guess that's my point, except for maybe Florida. And you got to keep in mind that when DeSantis ran the last time, he won by a razor thin margin against a completely insane leftist. And now here we are. And we're looking at a a totally different scenario, which I still think could flip on him at any moment. Obviously, the the Republican Party is in complete disarray right now. It's going to be very fascinating to see how people respond to Donald Trump. And I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I guess we're going to find out. So um, I wouldn't encourage you to do anything without really taking it before the Lord. And I mean, my heart goes out to you over there in Michigan. We have a lot of really wonderful friends that live in Michigan. And I live, you know, in the communist state of Washington. We're poised right now to lose the district that I ran for to a Democrat. And it's devastating. But I'm not moving until the Lord tells me to move. And you guys, we have to trust the Lord. No matter where we are, I was looking at uh, Life Magazine. I'm out of time, so I'll be really quick. I was looking at Life Magazine the other day because we were staying at a, a beach house for a few days wonderful opportunity that we've had to come here at a very affordable place and there's an old yearbook a life magazine yearbook and my grandkids and some of my nieces were here and you guys the pictures from like the 50s and the 60s and things that happened in the 70s they're horrifying i mean our country's been in trouble for a very long time and the world's been in trouble for a very long time. We're we're groaning under the weight of sin according to God's word. It's why I'm devoting 3 weeks in December to the study of peace and how we can have peace in the midst of panic and how we can have peace no matter what happens around us and I think that's a much better testimony than we all just pick up and move. You know, we pick up and move we, we go to you know a lot of us if we're going to leave like if Heidi St. John's going to leave the Pacific Northwest, I'm leaving you know, generations of roots that we have here and leaving wonderful people and amazing things that God has done. And maybe, you know, we move to where we think is a redder state and then that state turns blue and then I will have left the people and the place and the home that I love. And for what? We have to know that God is asking us to move. And I think that uh, that's the main question, Andrea. So I hope that that helps you just be um, patient with yourself And with your husband, go before the Lord in prayer and God will show you what he wants you to do. All right, you guys, that's all I have time for today. But I just want to encourage you, join me at MomStrong International where we are going through the Bible and we are applying God's word to the everyday situations that we find ourselves facing. God's word is relevant to your life right now. And if you want to study the Bible with me and learn how you can teach other people or start a MomStrong group in your church, and actually genuinely studied the Bible, we'd love to have you join us at momstronginternational.com. You guys, this is the time of year that I would love to hear from you via snail mail. And you can write to me, Heidi St. John, Terra Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow with a very special guest here at the intersection of faith and culture.